everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities. I'm Randy Cardoon, and this time we come to you from Huntington Beach, California, where I finally had a chance to venture down to the workshop here in Southern California, where Velocity's Wheeler Dealers holds fort, the place where Mike Brewer brings cars that Ant Anstead works on so Mike can sell them, hopefully, for a profit. It's a recipe that has worked since the show went on some 16 years ago. And I got to tell you, it was really a thrill. It was kind of like visiting the Brady Bunch house in nearby Toluca Lake, except for if you entered that house, you'd realize that's not the interior of the Brady Bunch house. You'd go in there and it looks absolutely nothing like the Brady Bunch interiors you would see on TV. Nope. This is just like the interiors you see on the show. And it was great to get a chance to look around. Now, The last time I talked with the guys was at SEMA in 2017. So this time I had a bunch of new questions for them. But before I could start, well, let's just say they were in the middle of a spirited debate about how speaking American is so different than speaking English. Uh, Let's join them already in progress. Furniture, furniture all of, of a sudden. Stranger, your life changes. In the, in the UK, this is a sofa, but what is in the US? Couch. Couch. Why is there such a void? Uh, I don't know why they call it a couch why? and why we Randy, call it a sofa. Why? Randy, you're now representing the American people. You know something? You guys are doing really well on your own. Yeah. I don't need to throw in a question. You yeah. guys, you're, you're no, doing before good. Before we start, can we get this off our chest? There's a Please few, do. There's a few English words and American words that aren't. Yes. Rubbish. They're, they're, yeah, rubbish. Ru- they don't use the word rubbish. No, we don't. we don't use the word trash unless we describe Lindsay Lohan right. or coriander. Courgette. No, they what use word cilantro. is that? What word is that? Is zucchini. R- zucchini salad as well. Courgette. Yeah. What is a rocket salad? Rocket is called. It's, it's just lettuce. No, no, it's called arugula. Arugula, you call it here. See, I always get. You don't have spring onions. You yeah, call them green onions. Aubergine. Aubergine? Yeah, which is a colour, aubergine. Anyway, you call it eggplant? Like eggplant. Is that like a character, aubergine? Or aubergine. a name yeah, of somebody? We call it... I feel like we got off topic because this we should cars. Be talk about cars. Cars. But, cars. But it does apply to cars as well. Because, it does. Of course, trunk, boot. Trunk, fender. Boot, fender, hood. Hood, yep. Because a hood in the UK is the convertible part of a roof. Right. So, so if you have a soft top, you put your hood down. Mm. I'm still back on the salad. I couldn't get over the salad. So yeah. go back to the food. What other things in food in England? We struggle are... with food. If you go into a grocery grocery store, mm-hmm. a oh, supermarket. A supermarket. In, well, in we sort of call it a grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we call it a supermarket in England. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff. But if you're in the salad selection, green onion, cilantro, uh, arugula, all those things don't mean anything to us. See, I always get confused between arugula and arugula, which is like the pastry. Well, you see, now this actually highlights how ridiculous it is D- like, yes. that you, you would have similarities like that. Mm-hmm. But do you know what? We're not here. We are a shared nation divided by a single... Uh, yeah, crisp, you call chips. Unless you're having fish and chips, you call them chips, which is a bit weird. Serviette, a napkin. Is a napkin, you yeah. call it. What do we call it now? A napkin. A napkin. Yes. I what do you call it? Serviette. I had a serviette. Yeah, serviette. French for napkin, I suppose. But we had a big spillage uh, at the airport, and I was going, to "Lady, get me a serviette, get me a serviette." And she was looking at me, going, "What? What?" And I'm going to serviette. She came, "What?" And I went, "A napkin." She went, "You want a napkin?" Oh yeah. Can I get a sandwich with butter? A big button. Butter. A big button. Butter. What? So what do you butter. call a sandwich what? with butter? No, 
No, you, we I asked had for to butter, say to the lady. But the lady didn't understand the word butter. butter. So I'm going butter. She's going what? I don't understand. And I went to her butter, butter, butter. She went. I got it. You want butter? I like this because this almost gets to a question I was going to ask later, but I can go for it right now. It's like, okay, so you guys have been here, what, about a little over a year, right? Two, nearly two. Nearly, nearly two nearly years. Two nearly two years. years. That's the thing. Time flies. It does when you're having fun. Yeah. Yay. You've been here four. Uh, yeah, four years I've been here. You've been here four years? Yes. I'm almost American, Randy. I oh. haven't had my teeth whitened or got my hair dyed yet, but I'm on my way. Okay. So you guys, four years, two years. What is it you can say, Mike, that I'm almost a SoCal guy because I do what? Because uh, oh, this uh, is easy. It's, well, it's, it's weather, isn't it? I mean, it's always going to be driven by weather here. I mean, it's just beautiful. 360 days of the year, you've got that SoCal weather, which means, I'm going to be honest with you, for a car guy like me, which means I can enjoy my hobby a lot more than I can do in the UK. In the UK, it's uh, four, maybe five months of the year. Um, I'm a fair weather motorist so, a motorist, so I do get my car out. I, I would lock it away if there was snow on the ground. Um, but if there's no snow on the ground, no, I want to get my car out. But here in SoCal, 360 days of the year, that sun's beating down. You can you drive to your heart's content and not worry about it. You know, do you at least lock your car? Uh, here? Yes. What, when I park it up on the street? Yes. Bear in mind, people are listening. <laughs> but they uh, yeah. don't know where you park. Uh, yes, always. Yes, always. We are <laughs> following you. We are, yeah. We are. That's and, true. That's true. In Hollywood keys, now. And do you leave the keys under the visor? Yeah. <laughs> Your lovely Porsche. Uh, yeah, yes, I don't understand how people in America get out. And I see it all the time in parking lots. They get mm -hmm. out and they walk away from their car and don't lock them. And I think. Wow, that would never happen in the UK. No. Um, no, we lock, I lock my car, uh, you know, even if I was going to walk in the house and come back out again, I'd still lock it. So, Ant, you've been here two years. What is it that makes you more SoCal now that you've been here a couple of years? What do you do that we could confuse you with SoCal? Right, well, this is, uh, obviously, this is a car-based forum, so we'll go to the car stuff first. Um, and the truth is, is that, as Mike says, there is a car show here pretty much every single day if I want to go to one. There's certainly one every weekend. That's true. And um, there's a really big car culture in Southern California. Um, on a personal level, I now regularly drink green juice. I take my vitamins. They call them vitamins here. Which yeah, is vitamins is ridiculous. ridiculous. Uh, vitamins is ridiculous. Um, and um, I've, uh, I live by the beach. And if I'm not working, because yes. at work I wear, I mean, I'm wearing them now, rigger boots, combat trousers, and a T-shirt. But if I'm not working, absolutely 99 times out of 100, I'll wear flip-flops. Ah, and shorts. Yes, flip flops and shorts. Yes, just to air his feet, which do whiff. Oh, come on! Thanks Badly. for sharing on that. They do. Badly. Wow. he wears so, those rigger boots for I'd, I'd, twelve hours a day. You wanna? You don't want to be around when he takes those suckers off. Let yeah, me tell luckily you. this is not you could smelly radio. <laughs> yeah, you can cut the atmosphere. No, this is a smelly time. podcast, but that's okay. We're just starting. Okay, so you've been here. We now know what it, how SoCal you guys have both gone. Which yeah. is mega, mega SoCal. Yeah, mega SoCal. So what is it, though, that keeps you British? What do you still do here that makes sure that you do to make sure you're still British? That's a really good question, uh, and, it's, good and it's quite a good question to answer because what we've done, me and Anne, is we've surrounded ourselves with our team of British people. So we've got... Uh, the showrunner is British. Our um, uh, cameramen, cameramen, sound men. Uh, uh, the product managers are British. You know the people that we work with here. Uh, we surround ourselves with a British crew, 
every day at three o'clock we will stop for tea. Ah. So we make sure we have a nice cup of tea. Sometimes uh, biscuits. Sometimes biscuits in the afternoon. We keep it very British. We have we, the Union Jack in the workshop. We have the Union Jack, and we refuse, um, not because uh, of any disrespect to you know uh, where we are, but in respect to where we're from, we refuse to Americanize anything on the program. So I'm constantly looking at things that somebody says that you know I might talk about you know when you lift the hood up on the car and talk about the engine I will always say I'm lifting the bonnet on the car and talking about the engine um, because I refuse to be Americanized you know I want I think that's the unique part of the show is this show is so British even though it's filmed in America yeah and you can feel the Britishness it is it's been both of our um desires i mean we talked about it before yeah. i joined that this show has to remain a british feel it has to feel like it's two british guys doing doing things in a very british way and um i think we've avoided falling into the trap that some other shows might do mm -hmm. um and we've kept it really humble and your fans i think would notice the minute you start turning it into an americanized oh, version exactly. Gosh. Yeah, and, they, and do, they would let us know and oh yeah oh yeah know. and they get very angry about it i got um abused the other day online by an american mm. who says how dare you call it a boot and a bonnet and a and a wing. Uh, you want to learn how to speak properly, young man. You know you're a disgrace. And I couldn't answer that. I was thinking, do I actually just leave that out there for the world to see? Which I did. <laughs> yeah. Or do I actually answer him? And go. You do know I'm not American, don't you? Um, but anyway, there was a. It was a nice bit of abuse the other day. All right. Good. Good. So here in Southern California right now, the big thing is baseball. Yep. I know. I don't know if you guys Rounders. follow that yes, much. I know, Rounders. Ant, from your uh, social media, you do go to hockey games. Oh my gosh, guys! I have become a massive Anaheim Ducks fan. In fact, I got a game tomorrow night. Yeah. All right. I'm a huge Ducks fan. I love ice hockey. Think about ice hockey, right? Because you're a sports fan. You like watching football I've been, football I've been, and stuff. I've been to an ice hockey game. It was a fight. I went to a fight and watched an ice <laughs> hockey game break uh -huh. out. Exactly. Yeah, think about, like, I've been on, you've been on ice skates, right? I've yeah. been on ice skates and it's quite a sort of delicate, dainty sport. Yes. So you have to have balance and poise and yeah. you watch these kind of figure skaters do these pirouettes and stuff. So imagine all of that skill in a six foot five bruiser with no teeth that wants to knock your other man's teeth out. I mean, what's not to like? I know. It is amazing. I went and I enjoyed it. Uh, as for baseball, uh, I went to a LA Dodgers game. I think I've said that correctly. Yes, and, very uh, well. And fell asleep at half-time. <laughs> and uh, uh, I've never been so bored in my life. I think cricket is more interesting than baseball. And that's saying something. I, oh. noticed, I, said, I had this conversation with a guy from Texas the other so day that boring. the only similarity between baseball and cricket is that they all wear pajamas. Yes. <laughs> good. Uh, the round ball, that's about the only similarity. They were... It was so tiring and so boring. So normally I wouldn't even bother to ask you this, but because it is what's going on right now in Southern California the day we record this, it's the Dodgers and the Brewers. Of course. Yes. Whoa! You got... See, you've got you're like you have gone completely American now. You own a baseball yeah, club. Yeah. See, I bought a baseball club about uh, ten years ago, and uh, me and Michelle have been running our baseball club in America under the radar, you know, uh, for a little while. And we're really pleased, and it's going well. We're actually beating the LA Dodgers two-one in this uh, series. Ooh, at the moment. you are uh, actually, actually aware. Yeah. Yeah. We're two Hang one. on a second. Well, what stage did? Mo Television's Mike Brewer become an overnight closet baseball fan. What when we bought the baseball team, I told you. You know, there's a load of things. <laughs> there's loads of stuff you do. Why do you think they're called Mike, the Brewers? Mike, have you ever been to Milwaukee? 
uh, yes, um, Milwaukee is where my uh, the ancestors of my family landed. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's going to keep going now. Keep telling us this <laughs> interesting story. No, no, keep, don't let That's me stop you. Go right and, ahead. Uh, Hang on a second. They, right. they started a small, because my name is a trade name, Brewers, we are publicans. Uh, so they started a small brewery. Uh, I think it was <laughs> eight, 18, eight, eight, 1876. We started a brewery, which oh, was in Milwaukee. Come on, now you're just making up numbers. And uh, and the brewery <laughs> uh, grew. And it well. was the it was the workers from the brewery that yes. formed a, uh, a, a a team. Yes, a baseball team. Okay, and uh, they went on to become the brewers that we all know and love today. That are beating the LA Dodgers. I see. Okay. Wow. So Randy, did he get any of that right? Um. In a word, no. But, you know, in two words, definitely no. In three <laughs> words, definitely hell no. But, but you know something? That was pretty ad-libby of you and very awesome. Very good. I like that. You, you know, you have to get him. You have to get a jersey. A Brewers jersey, yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. You Brewers, have to get yeah. a Brewers jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean. Is there any Brewers fans out there that can, um, can start sending Mike abuse? I like that. For masquerading as a Brewers fan. <laughs> I can't help my surname. I can't help that we gave you beer. Okay, I got no comeback. No, you got no comeback. I mean, what, the, no. the, uh, one of your favourite ever pastimes, beer, is responsible for my forefathers. Somebody walked into a pub in 1066, and it's in the Doomsday Book, walked into a pub and said, make me an ale brewer. And that's where the name got first written down. It's in Doomsday. You Book. see, Randy, we bring more than car content. Yeah. Television's Mike Brewer now gives history lessons. History go. and car content. This is this is obviously the most informative podcast we've ever done. And, and that includes when you guys were on the last time. Yes. But that that's very good, very good. Okay, so on what, the last was, time, what was the question, though, Randy? I completely forgot. But you know something, <laughs> I had completely forgot. But you know something, you answered it so well. Good. I I I thought that was good. Oh right, uh, are you a Dodger fan or a Brewer fan? Okay, Mike, I know. And Dodger fan or Brewer fan? Um, well, be careful what you say. No, here. no. I think the truth is, is that when you are when I'm impartial and I don't know where to be, you've always got to back your boy. So I'm a Brewer fan. Yes. All right. All right. Get in. I got you. Love it. I got you. I wish there was a baseball team called the Anstids. It'd be great. That would be pretty good. Or or the Ants. Yeah. The there probably is yeah, one there. somewhere. I bet there is. Let me think about it. Well, you've got that. the wasps, haven't you? You got well, got what? Because all insects yeah. grouped into one. <laughs> yeah. And I find the default being called anti now to support the wasps. No. Although saying that, <laughs> although saying that, I do support the ducks, though. Oh yeah. That's true. Go. Yeah. Who who eat ants? No, that was so ridiculous. And I'd like, and, and actually, the Ducks are doing okay this season. Um, I went to the opening home game. They won against somebody red, red something. <laughs> Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings. Yes. And uh, my favourite player is a player called Henrique, who is superb. I like him. So, um, good. Little shout out to good. Uh, Mr. Uh, Henrique. Yes. Keep doing what you're doing, pal. All right. Well, there you go. See, I, I think that that worked out very well. All right. Last time you guys were on the show, we talked about stuff like your first cars and all that other stuff. One of the things, and we had asked some people to write questions and send them to us so we could ask you guys. And, and one of them goes back to what's now showing up on Velocity and Motor Trend and all that. And that's. Um, shows you did before cars you first worked on originally and you worked on a show called for the love of cars i did yes um i did um i did a few other shows before joining wheelie dealers but the one that i'm most known for in the uk is for the love of cars yeah how did you get involved in that and how many episodes really was that um yeah it's a strange question actually i um i was running a garage in my local town in hartford 
and I was using a subcontractor auto electrician called Peter, um, who sadly passed away this year. Really lovely guy, uh, was a racing instructor, but uh, was a full-time auto electrician. And he was the auto electrician supporting an existing TV show in a neighbouring town called St Albans. And um, they were just about to crew up and uh, use this facility. And then the owner of this facility tried to pull a fast one on production. And a week before they were about to film, said, no, I want to triple the price. So Peter said, well, you want to go and use Ant's place because he's just about to move premises. Um, he has a full facility there and it's round the corner. It might work out. So one morning I get a phone call from this uh, producer who was a very aggressive and angry guy who said, look, I'm in a mood with these guys. I'm just about to drive from London to St Albans to go and give them what for, but on the way through, I'm going to come and see you and I need to find out how much power you've got, whether you've got the space, whether it's secure and stuff. So I said, yeah, well, I'm here all day. Come round. And he said, okay, but I'm only going to be 10 minutes. Anyway, he turns up, ends up spending the whole day and the next morning I get an email which basically said, um, not only do you want to use the premises, we want to sack the other host and use you. Um, we, th we think you'd be really good on telly. You must have been very bubbly. I was quite bubbly, but actually I declined it. So when I eventually saw what show it was, and I don't want to say anything disrespectful, but it was. You the word for trash. The word yeah. for the American word for trash. Yes. Um, I actually declined. But then what happened is about a year later, because of course in TV everyone's a freelancer, no one has a job. Right. They go from show to show. And about a year later, a freelancer who was involved in that show was asked to be involved in For the Love of Cars. And I got a phone call saying, Hi, you met someone a year ago and they asked you to do a show and you said no. Would you consider to do this show? It has a better quality about it. And, um, I ended up saying yes. And the honest truth is I've never looked back. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. That is very cool. Thank I'll tell you a creepy, creepy thing though. The first time I met Mike, so Mike and I have been friends for five or six years now. And the very, very first time, so bear in mind, um, uh, I knew Mike obviously because he's Mike Brewer. Mm -hmm. And uh, the show's been on forever. And Mike got to know me because of my stuff. And we met at the NEC at a car show where we were both booked to do some stuff on stage. And do you remember the first thing you ever said to me? This was within 10 seconds. We'll work together. He said those words. Really? We're we, absolutely going to work together. We'll work together. And we hit it off straight away. We knew we were on the same page. We're both very, very similar in terms of our... Ethic. Yeah, everything. In fact, it's really weird. Ethic. And our ability to work and what we think of cars and what we want to do with cars. So there you go. Oh, nice. just for the, um, do we have any the, tissues here? I think the, they're getting the emotional on us here. I think. Uh, I think I think it's important for the listeners at home to realise that while Mike was saying that, his hand was on my knee. It was. And fondling it quite graciously, I think. <laughs> Let's move to the next question now. <laughs> Quickly. Uh, <laughs> Make it a manly question. <laughs> well, part of that show, though, you did several cars. And, it, and it's different than what you do in Wheeler Dealers. At least it seems from some of the things I've seen. It wasn't take a car, fix it up, and do it within a certain period of time. You really turned the car around and, and for the love of cars. I mean, it was... Yeah, the irony is is that for the love of cars isn't necessarily a car show. It's actually a social history show. It's a show about... Um, it's a, a show about generations and, and the reason why Phil, the other host in it, is so good is because in the UK he's an incredibly recognisable um, actor who plays that sort of, you know, man about the street. He's the kind of every guy wants to be like Phil. He plays the nasty policeman. He plays the, the, the funny teacher. And he was cast brilliantly. And what Phil did is he told the narrative of 
that car and that car's history. And of course, we chose the right sort of cars. We chose cars that everyone's dad drove or everyone remembers their grandfather owning one or, I mean, everybody owned a Mini, everyone owned a, an Escort, everybody knows what a Triumph Stag is, their transit van. And that's the what made that show so brave is that, first of all, it was about telling the story to a demographic of people that are going to love it that's why you choose a story about a transit van and then as a sub story it became a car show because we always want we always set out with the intention of rebuilding the car properly it had to be how it left the factory or better and i think we did that part really well in fact well it showed you know we we got great results when we came to sell the cars but it kind of inspired people you know for the love of cars made a really big impact on the on the, on the car culture, especially in the UK, and it helped raise the prices, and it helped make people realise that, my gosh, there's more to a transit van than I realised. Are they running that show again on uh, Motor Trend? Are they bringing it back? Well, What's I, the deal? I have or what seen, can you say? I have seen that um, Velocity purchased the right. So we made two long series, and then we did a one-off special because I found a really famous Lotus, uh-huh. and which, strangely, I put on social media yesterday. Yes. Ah. Yes. You must be following me. Um, so I know that Velocity purchased for the love of cars and it's been played out in in the US already but not all of it and I've also noticed that the first series is on Velocity on Motor Trend sorry Um, and I imagine that based on success the second series might follow Mike what what the Motor Trend transition and Velocity and all that when is that official when is Velocity no more it will be announced at SEMA this year okay uh, so the announcement will be at SEMA some of the networks around the world have already uh, jumped on board um, in Italy uh, what was the uh, the Discovery Turbo channel in Italy which here is Velocity it's a bit confusing has now already changed its name to Motor Trend so they they jumped first and uh, other networks around the world will uh, soon follow suit so Motor Trend is going to be our new name okay so it'll be sometime during SEMA, we'll all find it will, out. It will, yeah. All right, great. We'll look forward to that. All right, one of the questions uh, to you, Mike, uh, from uh, my G- at my GM Muscle Cars, wrote, how did you get into the car biz, create Wheeler Dealers, and bring it to the U.S.? Well, that could be a while. But let, let's let's well, just I'll, start. I'll condense it, if you like. Yeah, how did sure. I get into, how did I get into cars? That's a really simple one. That's through my dad. My dad was a, a very well-known car customizer in the UK and I worked with him from the age of eight on that workshop floor in a freezing cold garage in South London, uh, helping him, you know, build and rip down engines and customize cars. And I did that through my school and summer holidays and at weekends. And uh, that's where my love of cars come from. Um, I got to know all about cars without actually knowing that I knew all about cars. It wasn't until I was, because um, uh, by the time I was 16, I was on a scooter traveling around the country. And it wasn't until I was, uh, Um, thrust into the car business at the age of 19 that I actually realized I knew a lot more than your average Joe so um, and that very within a a very short period of time I climbed to the very top in terms of the car dealing business um, and I was probably the youngest ever um, manager of a huge great big business in the UK very quickly and uh, created a huge business I I started the UK's first four by four megastore uh, in the UK, yeah, and I did that with a. And uh, there, there's lots about me that people don't know about what I created the in the is, UK. This is America, though. When you say the word 
four by four mega store. You have to do it like it's yeah. It was like four by four mega store. No, no, no. Come and get your emphasis on mega mega store. No, four by four mega store. Mega store. Mega store. Yeah, still got it. And and I created that. And Michelle come to work with me all the way back then, thirty years ago. Uh, and we so we hired you. Well, this yeah, is, of course, Mike's oh, wife, Michelle. Michelle. So, so he hired you originally. That's how you guys got to know. No, um, no, no. She, no, no. We were a partnership buying and selling cars. Yeah, we were buying and selling money, cars and, and, uh, and in this business. Yeah. Um, so uh, Michelle come to work me running this business all those years ago, and we we created something that was really special. And uh, I just had my picture taken. It's good. We created something that was really special, and uh, we still sell cars today. We've still got. Uh, in the UK, we still have two uh, huge dealerships in the UK, Mike Brewer Motors, and um, we sell we sell five six hundred cars a month. I'm curious too about you. You mentioned Wheeler Dealers and how that came about. Oh, I was going to tell you. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so Wheeler Dealers came about. I was uh, I I started on a TV show in 1997 uh, called Deals on Wheels, which was on Channel Four Television. And then uh, by the time... How did that come out? Uh, I that mean, came you, out... Yeah, I, about, I, was, I should say. <clears throat> I was approached... I, I was running a car dealership in South London. And uh, uh, not running, sorry. I had a partnership in a car dealership in South London. And uh, one day, uh, my uh, partner that was in the car dealership, uh, he was off sick. And uh, the phone rung and I picked up the phone. And it was a young lady from uh, Channel 4 Television. She asked me some questions about a car said that she likes the sound of my voice and she said you sound really knowledgeable i'd like to come down and see Sorry, you what sort of phone call was this it was uh, kind of, it sounds like a naughty <laughs> phone call and then she came down to see me and uh uh she filmed me walking around the car and she said you're amazing i want to put you on tv we're doing a show called deals and wills we want you to be on it and i went home and discussed it with michelle and we both said no you know i don't want to don't want to give my secret i told him no thank you yeah i didn't want to give my no, secrets away i don't want a crew following us around buying and selling cars because you know i was a really honest dealer and i didn't want to be portrayed as a as a dishonest dealer uh so they got that the channel four understood that so they uh, basically asked me then to help them do some research in this car show that we're making so i helped the research team over the next few months giving them guidance and advice what to what to oh, sorry that's my oh i can't believe the that most unprofessional <laughs> podcast host in history ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Hold on, that was like the phone call from Celia. She's exactly, back. exactly. She's back. We're back. Uh, so uh, they they um, took my research, uh, took my advice on board over the next few months, made the show, stopped calling me uh, after that, made the show, and then a few months after, this uh, young lady called Celia Taylor, uh, she rung me back up again and said, "Do you remember me? Uh, we would really In a like." Deep husky uh, voice. Do you remember me? <laughs> that her, that Hello, was her dear. voice. Uh, she <laughs> or said, yours. Uh, would you would you uh, consider presenting the show? So rather than us follow you being a car dealer, would you consider presenting it, being a presenter? And I went, well, yeah, I suppose I could come down for a, you know, see what it's all about. I went along for a screen test, and uh, in two thousand and uh, no, sorry, nineteen ninety seven, November. Uh, they gave me the role. Wow, just say that date really yeah, slowly. They get because it's so old. Uh, me, they gave 1997. 1997. They gave me the role. Step into the wayback and, uh, machine. And within within uh, 
three weeks of the show airing. It was the highest rated show ever on Channel 4. See, I'm noticing something. I'm noticing something between you both is the fact that you both had opportunities and you both rejected turned, the, turned the original yeah, ones yeah, before you. Very true. It's true. It's funny. Um, you hear that a lot, don't you? Yeah. I never set out to be a TV presenter. No, me. You never set out to still be a not. TV presenter. Still not. I still don't want to be one, really. <laughs> I still don't want <laughs> to be one. Late now. It's, it's a bit late now. It's a bit late now. So, Wheeler Dealers, uh, off the back of that show, I, I went on to do a four-year stint at Channel 4. It's amazing. Uh, I created another show called Driven, which was written specifically around me to make me not leave Channel 4, and it was a uh, knock top gear off the air back then. Then I went on to uh, another the ITV. I wrote a show for ITV and, and went and did a show on ITV called Rex to Riches, which is today's Trading Up series. Uh, and then during that period of time, I got a, a call from a very, very tiny little network called Discovery that had been running only for five years then. Uh, and they were a small little network that did things about, you know, apes living in the in the wilderness and people climbing mountains. And they uh, approached me and said, we're thinking of doing a car show and we want to do a car show with you. And I went, OK. Here we uh, and we sat and down and formed. Well, it is history, actually, because if you think about it, Randy, we sat down and we formed the very first ever car restoration show the world has ever seen. And when you think about that, nobody had ever tried it before. This was the first one. So we came to air in 2003. Um, I started making this show that nobody's ever tried before to restore cars and to repair cars on camera. And here we are, uh, believe it or not, 16 years later. And now we have not only about 50 shows all doing the same thing, but we have whole networks dedicated uh, to just car restoration, the likes of Velocity and Motor Trend. Um, and uh, Wheeler Dealers has now grown to become, uh, if not the world's biggest car show, but one of the biggest car shows in the world. And uh, I'm very proud of that. You know, 16 years of very hard work and tenacity and uh, having the right people beside me to make the show. And uh, now it's it's climbing i would have thought after 16 years the audience would start to get a little bit tired and it would start to dwindle a little bit uh, but the truth is and it's very unique it's the only show in the world that's doing this uh, we've just broken another box office record within last week and we're climbing again yes very good very good we're climbing again and uh, wheeler dealers is uh, every every time it plays out on screen the audience gets bigger and bigger and bigger and there's not a single show whether it's friends bangos the theory uh, this is us doesn't matter walking dead that can say that after 16 seasons it's still growing mm -hmm. and all ages watch it all ages yeah Kids, from all over the world yeah, it's amazing it's amazing and we're really me and Anne we've worked so hard the last two years together we've worked so hard at getting the ingredients right and getting the process right of what makes what made this show what it is in the first place and let's only pay respect to that let's never try to be the the dramatic throwing crap around the studio shouting and screaming at each other fake deadlines let's never be that kind of show which is every other show let's never be that let's always stay true to what wheeler dealers ethos has always been it's not about me and Ann. it's never been about us it's about the car so as long as we create the star of the show, which is the car, me and Ant are just the vehicles to deliver a message. And that's it, if you pardon the pun. You want to throw something in on that? Well, no, I mean, it's funny, actually, because we were talking about this. On my phone now, I got, this is the quote 
I was asked to give them about making the show. And it says, making TV is not about making something for the audience. That's a fool's trap. People's tastes are too varied. It's an impossible task. TV is about making something you're totally and utterly passionate about. And if you make it in the hope there's at least one person bonkers enough out there to like it with you, then it will work. There you go. And that was that he texted that to you how long ago? No, that was my, I gave that as a quote yesterday. Oh, strangely. So, and the point of that is that a lot of um, a lot of TV channels or authors or whatever chase the audience. What's the audience want? How can we increase the audience? When actually, it all boils down to passion. And it's no coincidence, as we heard earlier, that we weren't TV hosts. We set out to be car builders and car salesmen, and you can't knock that out of us. And the the bit that people make up is the bit that goes wrong and the fact is is that when we're not filming we're doing car stuff i'm working on cars i'm going to car shows and mike's selling cars and going to car shows and if we continue to stay passionate and true to that and if people enjoy it then it's the best it, job in the world it is the best job in the world yeah and this show will always succeed and it's spreading i mean you uh, on a recent trip i sound like a uh, digital stalker but you went to other countries where there were other wheeler dealers now did they do you own that and they come ask you for the use of it or how does that work yeah sort of so um wheeler dealers is now exclusively owned by discovery channel uh-huh. um uh, but there is a French format of Wheeler Dealers, which is hugely successful, and they've just created an Italian version, which is now playing out. Uh, so there's an Italian version of me and Ant, and a French version of me and Ant. In fact, the French Mike Brewer is on his way here this afternoon. Jerry. Oh no, no, you mean Jerry, Monsieur Brewer? Monsieur Brewer. <laughs> uh, Jerry is on his way down to come <laughs> and see us this afternoon. He's a terrific guy. Could you do like a French pale ale at your brewery. Yeah, we should do. We should <laughs> or do champagne. Like, a, like a Stella Artois. Uh, so, uh, so the, the show. We, we can't be any happy that this uh, format uh, and this franchise is expanding globally around the world. And me and Ant are desperate for any non-speaking English country, be it Germany, Hungary, Poland, we are America. Desperate, <laughs> desperate <laughs> for them to have their own version. But if it's an English-speaking territory, me and Ant want to do a series in Australia. We think we should do at least two or three shows in Australia, two or three shows in Canada. Oh, two the, or three the Australian shows. cars from be years brilliant. before yeah, are be awesome. Brilliant. We should do a series where and, we do... And the Australian beers, decent. De- decent, correct. Decent. decent. We, we, could do a, we could do a whole series where we did three cars in Australia, three in Canada, three in North America, three in England, two in Ireland. You know, we'd just do a, a tour. Call, we could call it Air Miles. It'd just be great. It'd be great. Awful. It would be great. <laughs> and do it in people's garages as well. That would be nice. That would Well, that would be interesting yeah, that too. Would be yeah. nice. That would be nice. Well, they're saying that there is something to be said about there's this kind of magic formula. And that's what I think TV people and the public want is they want a repeatable format. They want to sit down and understand a show. And that's what this show does brilliantly. Mike buys a car, we fix the car and hopefully sell it for a profit. And that's engaged audiences for so many years that I believe it's going to continue to do that. You bring up an interesting point, Anna, the fact that you want to sell it for a profit. So people will look at it and watch the show. And I've heard people say, okay, look at the show and, okay, this costs this, this costs... Well, wait a minute. They're not charging for the actual... Yeah, I'm going to answer... Labor. What, just for the record, and what would be your labor per hour? 
Um, for you, Randy, it'd be very, very expensive. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, judging by the uh, cut of your clothes, it's certainly not anything you can afford. Um, <laughs> the, the Por- funny enough, the Porsche dealership down the road charges $225 an hour. Well, I'm going to go get a job there. Oh, no, that's what I said. That's what I said. And the boat guy across the road, because my boat, he charges $110 an hour. And I'm oh like, my God, what? I'll get a job there. Yeah. And okay, I'm like, so, really? Is the Porsche carriage down the road, genuinely, are they recruiting? Because no, you would earn more money than you would do with me. Yeah, oh you would. Oh my gosh! Look, we uh, we've explained uh, probably a thousand times, and it's the most asked question. Uh, the the show is Darn. trying okay. to educate the audience to have a go themselves, right? And you would never charge yourself labour. That's what, true. There's no labour cost. You don't. Some guys had a real argument with me online recently, and I said, okay. Make me this promise. The next time you go down your garage and work on your car, please then write down the number of hours, go to the ATM machine, punch in your $100 an hour, get that money out and put it in your back pocket because you've just paid yourself. Mm-hmm. And invoice yourself and pay tax on it. Yes. It makes yeah, no you sense. You have to remember is that the show, the show celebrates what it takes and it inspires people to find a car, fix it up, and if they want to sell it, sell it. If they want to keep it, keep, keep it. it. But ultimately... Do it I, I represent the viewer. The viewer wouldn't charge themselves. And the he money. always says it. Uh, he always says, uh, get yourself a good set of tools. Have a go at doing this yourself. If anything leaves the workshop, if anything is like me when I'm out on the road uh, rebuilding a turbo, we always tell you that costs $375. Putting a roof on the car, uh, fixing the stitching on the roof. That costs $275. We always tell you when it leaves the shop, but in the shop, no, and works for tea and biscuits. Okay. There you go. So there's a, there's a little bit of an idea of how that all works out. So Mike from Sacramento uh, wrote in and said, the car that you would like to work on but you haven't found yet, here as opposed to... Here we go. Okay, here this, we go. There isn't enough hours left in the day. Well, I mean, no, not, we not necessarily filming. one you want to do you haven't done yet, but one that you want to do you haven't been able to find. Yes, okay. Well, oh I, can, I can give you a really brilliant answer to a car that we... It's, we have, like, a, the holy trinity of cars. Uh, that we want to get to. We're smashing that. We've done the Healy 3000, the Escort Cosworth. There is another one of the Holy Trinity that we haven't found. Hang on, let's build this up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We haven't found it, but we are on our way to finding it. A little higher, And it is... (laughs) We're on our way to finding it, and I'm searching this nation high and low to find the right one. We spare no expense on this podcast. <laughs> Both me and Ed are looking for the amazing Citroen Maserati, the Citroen SM. Ah. Ah. <laughs> uh, because that's a, that's a Holy Trinity car. It's everything a car shouldn't be. It's the worst of French. It's the worst of Italian mixed together in a car that happens to be one of the most beautiful looking and evocative sounding uh, amazing cars from the 1970s. And uh, it's the next one of the Holy Trinity for us and it would be the first it would be the, the lead car of any series that we make in the future and uh, by uh, the way if there's anyone out there listening who's got one please the market is absolutely crashed crash. so we yes. will take $500 <laughs> I'll take it off your hands <laughs> I'll take it off your hands um, yeah no we, uh, we we need one of those uh, desperately absolutely no that would be great that would be fun to see so you guys on the show this year uh, as of this uh, telling, you still have a few more shows to go. But what was the what was the uh, what was the toughest build so far for you, Ant? Well, we've uh, we've done a. I'm going to just list off the cars front to make it easier. Oh, sorry, we're talking uh, about a, this. Yeah, a Capri, an MR2, to, 
Uh, yeah, where did you find that? the Capri? Because now is that I, an actual Mercury Brewer. Capri? It was a Mercury Capri, yeah. That they I'm built. Mike Brewer. Well, I of course. Silly anywhere. question. Why was I asking that? I take that. I back. seriously, Randy, I can find cars everywhere, and I do non-stop look at cars. As we are talking on the phone, uh, and has got Anne's doing a bit of social Where media as usual, and I'm looking. I, I found that car as I was Where doing a live stage show. Yeah, live stage show. I was show doing a live stage LA. show in LA. And I and found that car. car whilst in between the shows, and I got the guy to bring it to the back door of the live stage show so I could see it. And he did. And I bought the car from him at the whilst I was appearing live on, on stage. stage. I was live. at the back of the stage buying a car, and then I arranged to buy it at his house. Wow. Yes. You're a multitasker. Uh, all the time, constantly. I'm constantly doing that. Um, and I'm just looking at the list of cars we've got coming up. And I would say the most challenging front this season has definitely been the Toyota MR2 uh, hose from hell. Hands down. And if there's any Toyota MR2 owners out there, they probably understand it when you say hose from hell. In fact, that episode is on Motor Trend at the moment. I believe it, it is. It went out on Velocity last week. Um, and... I mean, it's just for, I think it was a $7 repair, but probably took two days. There you go. Yeah, at, um, well, nothing per hour. And I cut my <laughs> so hand. it cost me $7. <laughs> remember, I cut my hand so badly on that. Did you? Oh, it's like a paper cut, but he's such a Okay, wimp. I had four stitches. A paper cut. That's one Four. big thick sheet of paper. It is, yeah. Jonas, I've got a video of it being. They don't charged, really, really, they don't really count unless you've lost a limb, at least. You know, oh, unless you're actually losing <laughs> a part of your body, then it's just a paper cut. What I love is how sort of loving and tender Mike is. <laughs> he must. Be, is he? He can't be your HR person, right? No, he can't be my. Brewer. I won't allow a HR person in the uh, in the building. We won't have one in here. Not on my watch. Not wow. Whereabout did you have the uh, idea of doing kids' books? Oh, this is strange. This has actually been in my mind for many, many years. But even before being a car show host, um, I am a father. I've got a 15-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. Um, and I always used to make up stories for them when we went to bed. Um, and last year I wrote a book about uh, the history of police vehicles. Um, which I did with Harper Collins, and that, that did really well actually. Um, and I'm super proud of that. To be able to say that you're an author, I think, is a big deal. And especially if you're, when you spend so much time writing, it consumes you. And I've always had it ticking over in the back of my mind about doing a children's book. I've always loved being creative, I've always loved illustrations. I'm a huge fan of comics. Um, and then. Who's your favorite comic book character? Oh. Ant-Man. No, I had to say that. Shockingly. I had to say that. Shocking. Um, no, it's got to be... Have you seen the, Ant the Ant-Man I, I have not seen movie? it. It sounds awful. Um, I, um, <laughs> I, 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 th I quite like... Um, obviously, Batman's cool, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Batman's yeah. cool. Cool cars. Yeah. yeah. Um, Until they just... DC Universe had killed the franchise. No, I, I quite like it. Um, I think... Uh, I think um, Ryan does a really good job, but Deadpool's funny. Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool! Yeah, yeah he's my yeah. favorite character. I like. Yeah. I follow him on social media. That geezer is funny. Um, you follow you back? Uh, yeah, Ryan. Come on, man, follow me back. Yeah, follow me back, Ryan. Oh, cheapers. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, um, I just, I don't know. And then one day, I just had to just do it. And then I, I, I just per, per chance bumped into the illustrator, a guy called Noah Elias who is absolutely, utterly brilliant, does a lot of work for Disney, and Noah and I hit it off straight away. There's a, and you know when you make these connections with people and you just realise, I'm going to work with you. 
and um, I just told Noah the story and we had a lot in common and we here we are Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'll be launching that book in three weeks at the NEC car show in England. The police book? No, no police book's been out a while. Oh, right, that's what I thought. Book. Yeah, I'm sorry. The children's book is uh, it's called Petrolhead Parenting. Um, it's the essential guide to how to diagnose and nurture a child that suffers with being a petrolhead. You see, I'm like everybody else in this room. When I was born, there was, it was, uh, there was something missing. There was a chromosome wrong, which meant I loved cars. And there is no cure for it. You can't give a Petrohead medicine. They're going to have this terrible condition for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. So it's about teaching parents how do you manage this very sick and poorly child? How do you engage with this child that's a Petrohead when there is no cure, there is no medicine? And it's a kind of a tongue-in-cheek guide to parenting a child that loves cars. It's um, so I'm really, really super proud of it. Very cool. Mike? I, I am super proud. It's amazing. It's now, amazing. Mike, have you ever... Do you ever have a desire to be an author? Yes, I have been. I, I wrote a, yeah, I wrote a, I've written a, a few. I wrote a book called uh, The Wheeler Dealer Know How, which mm-hmm. is my brain poured out in uh, in print to tell you what to look for, how to buy, what to, uh, how to restore and keep and uh, make a profit on any car, and uh, and I narrowed it down to certain cars. You know what to look for, um, and I've recently written a bookazine. Uh, which is currently on the shelves in the UK, and uh, you can get it online across the world. Uh, which is called Mike Brewer's Used Car Heroes, and that was uh, uh, it's fantastic. It's a bookazine that um, again has all of the what to look for when you're buying it in the used car market. What's moving, what's shaking, uh, what to avoid, how to avoid, how to clean, how to detail. It's uh, it's a bookazine, so it's brilliant. Bookazine. Yeah, right. so I, I was uh, I was thumbing through it the other day. Uh, it's it's there's a great space in the market at the moment. You have to remember is that we're in a sector that's never been as buoyant. The car world has gone bonkers. Prices have never been so high. Collectors are now paying hundreds of thousands of pounds, millions for cars, and that's because people have realised there's a value in art. These cars are art. They're never going to make them again. Um, don't go and put your money in stocks and shares and gold. In fact, I think classic cars are rewarding more yield than gold and oil. Yes, mm-hmm. at the moment. So mm-hmm. we're at the kind of the crest of this wave. And of course, that means that alongside that, people are crying out for information. They want to read about, you know, buying and selling tips. They want to learn about how to change and work on cars as well. It's a, it's a really exciting time, actually. Yeah. So, so Mike, I feel like this has gone very serious. Now. It has. It went really. Well, serious. let's lighten it up a little bit. Go let's lighten it up. Okay, so, uh, movie. We were talking about. Oh, about Deadpool our new movie coming out. No, we have a Hollywood movie coming out. <laughs> and Mike's being played by uh, Danny DeVito. Uh, well, that's actually a good point, though. Everybody's done this. Who would be? Who would play you in the movie of you? Who would play uh, you in a movie play yourself? of you? That's a great question. Ah, uh, that's really good. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I mean, okay, I'll do you. You I, do me. I, you, you're, yours going to be Ryan Reynolds. Why Ryan Reynolds? Because you're sort of similar and you're quirky. You're fun. Uh, he would. You fit in the same costumes. I think. Um, okay. That's about it. Me, I, I'd like to think it would be somebody like Bob um, Hoskins. Bob Hoskins would be good. Bob please, Phil Collins. Phil, no, not Phil Collins. Don't say that. I, I think if it could be um, someone mm, nice. I like the Bob Hoskins. I like the Bob Hoskins. I would love. I would love. I would love Michael. 
if Danny Michael Dyer? if Michael Danny Dyer. Dyer, no Danny Dyer. if Michael Keaton would play me in a film I'd be thrilled. Michael yeah, Keaton yeah Michael Keaton fans. Yeah, yeah wow I'm, I'm a big massive fan of these okay you know yeah. a bit of prosthetics he'd stuff a pillar up his jumper and it'd be fine oh absolutely no okay <laughs> that's not a pillow Michael yeah <laughs> <laughs> just a, good, a few mils okay so my wife loves Love these me. house Love shows. Oh, I know where we're going now. Well, sort of. I'm not going to get too deep into it. but no, We can go deep if you like. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to spare you, but that's okay. She's talked about you a lot, and I don't see you I talking know. about you her a lot. Could you ask her to please give me my underpants back? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was never on that show. But So, so one day, she's watching the show. Oh, and, sorry. Uh, just for those who can't see, Mike just opened a bottle of water, and half of it's over his over his shirt good work <laughs> well it's a dark shirt so you can't really tell i got all excited when he started to speak about christine <laughs> <laughs> it just exploded in my hand you've doused <laughs> seriously your, don't let it explode in your hand again <laughs> so watching the show flipper flop and suddenly she's talking to somebody on the phone and it's you and she goes isn't that and i went oh it's aunt and the next thing i know because they kind of generally would refer to somebody in her life, but it's you. Um, my first question, did you get paid for that? A hundred percent no. Okay. Not, that's cable, though. He just rang at the wrong time. Ah, I see. Okay. She just rang him at the right oh, yeah, yeah. rang him when she was filming. I was on the toilet. Oh, well, that was actually <laughs> accidental? That didn't happen on purpose? Um, I'm trying to... I'm uh, Right. First of all, forgive me, I've only ever seen one episode of Flip or Flop, and I've certainly not seen an episode that I'm in, but I'm aware that I'm in a couple of the episodes because, um, you know, aside from building houses, it is a peek into the private lives of Christina and Tarek. Right. And it's a story that tells the truth, and the truth is is that I've been dating weirdly for a year in the next couple of weeks. We've been dating a year. Can you believe that? Yeah, You've been dating quick. weirdly? Well, weirdly? As, as yeah. in the year's you gone should... so quickly. Yeah, ah. they are quite weird as well. Yes, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm yeah. just responding to what weird. he said. That swing um, that they've got in the garden and oh, all that other freaky <laughs> stuff. Brownies. The dungeon, the dungeon is just unbelievable. Oh, gosh. The I'm brownies? So sorry. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it is, it is a, a real insight. And she's doing another show at the moment called Christina on the Coast which is due out next year, and I feature even heavier in that. Are you going to be involved in that at all? Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've helped make some stuff in the house. Oh, ah, very good. So, yeah, that's very impressive. What would you make in the house? Um, I didn't know so, you were good at like house stuff as opposed to car well, stuff. I ironically, I've hosted two house shows in the UK. Oh, really? Yes, I did a show called uh, Craft It Yourself, where we fix up the six episodes where we fix up six houses, um, and we make everything to go in the house. And... Um, I, in fact, I posted up a, uh, on Instagram a video of me doing pottery, just to highlight how bad I am at pottery, because, by the way, if there was a prize for the worst potter in history, I would probably win it. Uh-huh. Um, but Ant is being modest. He's an incredible artist oh. and a fantastic builder of not only cars, he does furniture as well, and uh, that's been you featured heavily sew. on these U- UK shows. I can yeah. sew. And, you can uh, sew? He can sew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and right. he... Um, and... Uh, it's a perfect fit you know him and christina if he's designing furniture and building furniture uh that she can put into a home that she's decorating it would really work it's a perfect fit very yeah, good we are a, we are an incredible fit together i must admit yeah. i never believed in fate till i met her let me ask how did you meet 
um, actually we met in the car world so really really strange um, Mike and I go to the show on a Sunday morning at Balboa at the, on the peninsula Balboa car show and we met I met a guy there called Walter who at the time was this kind of really well he still is a really loud uh, eccentric <laughs> but brilliant utterly brilliant guy um, met Walter at this car show and um, at the same time Walter had met Christina at a charity event and sort of some weeks later I I don't know if you knew this but I was due to meet you at Newport Beach Woodies yeah one morning yes and I and there's two Woodies in Newport but yeah, I went, went to the, to the wrong, wrong Woodies yeah and I'm sat there thinking god this is worrying Mike's never late and of course from the other side of the bar I hear hey car guy and it was Walter and because I'm there waiting for Mike, we spent some time together, we swapped numbers, and we had a lot in common. And then a couple of weeks later, he sent me a text, and at the same time, he sent Christina a text. And the text said, hey, are you ready to date again? And I replied saying, absolutely, 100% no. And Christina replied saying, absolutely, 100% no. He then sent me Christina's picture, and I said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he sent him a picture, and I said, yes, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> now, did you know her from the show before? Or? No, Flip or Flop doesn't exist in England. Um, in fact, HGTV as a channel wouldn't, yeah. have, wouldn't even resonate across the pond. Um, so I'd never heard of her, never seen the show. I'd never, you know, I wouldn't even recognize her if I... Had a picture shoved in front of my face, and it's really funny because when we start, we went out on a date, and we had a phone call. The first phone call, we had a FaceTime because we were in Vegas at SEMA, and the first FaceTime lasted two and a half hours. That's quite a FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. we hit it off straight away. Mm. There was an, an instant connection, mm. um, and then um, you know, for a few months, I was like, "Oh God, this is really lovely." She's, you know, and I, I was going through some private stuff, and she's obviously gone through some private stuff, but I was totally alien to all of her side and uh and then on new year's day it came out and um i was papped shopping with my children and then i realized blimey now everybody knows it came out i just started laughing to myself because i was thinking me and michelle have only 10 minutes of sit on my face <laughs> <laughs> and we and me and christina share the same birthday Oh, well, there you go. Is that? They do. There's a lot of <laughs> weird similarities. Well, you can knock off that whole birthday thing, the two of you, all in one night. You yeah. don't have to worry about that. Yeah, we can get a little bog off down at the local Italian. Yeah. Bog off. Yeah. Buy one, get one free. Oh, okay. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. Flop bog sweat off. for a minute. Bogo, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's, uh, she's a lovely girl. She's really inspired me. She's hardworking, creative, funny as ever. And um, yeah, we really have uh, great chemistry between us. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you on that show. And now, Mike? we'll have to drag her down onto this show to buy a car. <laughs> yeah, she crazy. keeps asking me to do yes. a Land Rover, which is cool, right? If a girl says she wants a Land Rover, that's very she's cool. a keeper. Yeah, she's a keeper. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Something we can look forward to. And, by the way, Mike, if you had a chance, since now we know Ant's going to be on her show, and Flipper Flop, that he didn't know he was going to be on, but he's on anyway, if you had a choice to do a cameo, what show would you do a cameo in? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. Yeah. What show would I do a cameo on? Naked I'm... and Afraid. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see me naked because they would be afraid. Um, no, I would love to do a cameo on something like uh, Walking Dead because you could dress oh, me as a zombie God. and nobody would know it's me, but I would know it's me. Uh, so we'd something know, like that. Or... No, we'd know. We'd know or... it's you. No, no, I'd like to. Kind of funny like... when you walk. No. 
It's those yeah. childbearing hips. Yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> They're all like right? sticks. Give me the fattest zombie. It would be the fattest zombie ever. All these skinny zombies. They're all skeletons. That zombie's eating everybody else. That's the zombie that's eating every human. Why has that zombie got a donut in his hand? <laughs> right. Oh there you God. go. I'd like to be a fat zombie walking there. <laughs> That's so good. That's great. Uh, by the way, if you're listening out there and you turn that into a show, we get executive producer credit on IMDb. Thank you. That's funny. Okay, any last thing you want to plug? Uh, yes, uh, Wheeler Dealers is back uh, for our uh, second series together. Me, me and Ant, we're very delighted with it as well. It's season 15 of Wheeler Dealers. Um, and it's on Velocity and Motor Trend. You can get it early on Motor Trend. It's on Velocity Channel every Wednesday night, uh, 10, 9 Central. Oh, right, yes. And, uh, yes, and, well, we said it earlier, but we say it again. Yes. And thank you to all the audience that are tuning in and watching because, um, as we said earlier, uh, the ratings are through the roof. So we are smashing it. We're the number one show on the network, and long may that continue. So we want to thank the audience for that. Thanks, we really guys. appreciate it. That's Mike the Zombie Brewer and Ant the Pottery Guy Anstead with some rather frank talk on the show about life in America, their significant others. Hmm, should I get Christine on the show? What do you guys think? Let me know. Oh, and don't forget to make sure you check out Wheeler Dealers on the Velocity Motor Trend channel here in the U.S. And on Wednesday nights, like Mike said, is when they are. Check your local listings for times. As for the rest of you out there in other countries as well, be patient. The new season will start in your neck of the woods very soon. Hey, remember to subscribe to our podcast on Radio.com, iTunes, and KNX 1070. So that way you can be notified when a new Talking About Cars is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes, please give us five stars and leave a comment about what you think of this particular podcast and some of the other ones we've done as well. Boy, I'm looking forward to going to SEMA. When I come back, I'll have some great interviews for you, and it'll be a lot of fun as we continue talking to those in the automotive industry. Don't forget, our website is talkingaboutcars.net. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars. Talking about cars.